Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. All right, get your Bibles open. Turn to the book of Mark for me. Mark 8. We're looking in there. We're going to take a few moments and then we get into the encounter time. And really is what's in my heart to share this morning. It's kind of been rolling around me for a while. And part of it is the timing of the year. We're uh, at the end of January, kicking off a new year. We're getting close to finishing up our 21 days, and so the fifth Sunday fell. So really, what's on my heart is to talk about, as we launch into 2016, what does it really mean to be a follower of Jesus? Because we're trying to position ourselves to be in line with his word and his will, his desire for our lives. And when I look through the scripture, I don't see the scripture necessarily saying that Jesus is looking for believers. It says he's looking for followers. And honestly, there's a difference there, and I think that we get that a little confused. It gets a little cloudy In fact, can I just say this this morning, that as far as believers go, the devil believes in Jesus and God, but he's not going to heaven, right? And the demons believe, but they tremble in fear. And I think a lot, too many of us uh, will fall in the category, if you will, believers, but our life does not necessarily show that. We're not making decisions. We're not in pursuit of something beyond ourselves. And so I think the, the thing for you and I to understand is, what does it look like? Let's make sure we're sorting through our life and positioning ourselves to be a follower of Jesus. And in reality, in, in our culture and society today, the word follower has really lost a lot of its meaning anyways, and, and partly, I think, because of social media, right? I mean, you, you Facebook, you know, how many followers do you have or whatever, or Twitter, who are you following? And when I first started, I'm not in it anymore, but when I first started it, people were asking, you know, to be my friend or whatever. I didn't even know most of them. And I just said yes to everybody, and I should know, but I said yes to everybody because I was afraid someone I didn't, there was somebody that was going to church and I didn't know who they were, and they'd be offended and leave if I said no and rejected them. So I'd follow them, and at some point in time, try and go back and unfollow them so they couldn't tell or whatever, right? And uh, come on, you're laughing because you do that too, right? But it's, it is, it takes so much time to try and unfollow people because all of a sudden you're, you're hearing about stuff you don't need to be hearing about, Right? It's like, oh my goodness, they're at this place, they're doing this, or they're ranting and raving about things, and that's not everybody, for sure. And really, honestly, some people will just overwhelm your feed, and, and I'm glad that you got up at 8 o'clock this morning. That's awesome for you. No, I don't want to help you decide what you should have for breakfast or where, you know? I don't care what's going, you know, or whatever that is. So, and so it's so easy for us just to click a button to unfollow. And I think we've kind of taken that philosophy in life and things in life and whatever in pursuit of, it's easy to say, yeah, I'll follow for whatever reason, and then if we don't like it, we just unfollow it. Or if we don't think it's working the way we hope that it would, then we unfollow. And, and I think that we've kind of taken that on as, um, even you and I as uh, Christians, there's something more to being a follower of Jesus than I think than, that today's world really understands. And I think it's important for us to go look and see exactly what that is. And Jesus has a lot to say about it, in fact, in the word, talking about following and what that means for you and I. So let's take a look here in Mark 8. We're, we're going to start with verse 27. And Jesus is having a discussion with his disciples, and uh, we'll pick it up right there, verse 27. Here's what it says. Jesus and his disciples went to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. It's kind of an area or a particular region, and it's important to note that that area is really, um, is really strong in pagan worship. I mean, there were altars everywhere to other gods, so it was a tough area. A lot of other things were happening, and then Jesus took this time in the midst of uh, really a lot of pagan worship and stuff to address what it really means to follow So it says, on the way, he asked, who do people say that I am? He's just curious. What are people saying out there? They replied, some say John the Baptist, who had just recently lost his life. Others say Elijah, who years, hundreds of years ago, uh, the Lord came to take him and uh, to be with him. 
And the interesting thing about that is they, a lot of people kind of thought about reincarnation. And so they're having these crazy ideas even talking about crazy stuff about, about who Jesus might be. So then he turns this discussion to the disciples and he says, well, what about you? He asks, who do you say that I am? And I love Peter. Peter jumps in there, pipes up right away. Peter answered, you are the Messiah. And he got it right. In fact, if you look at another passage of scripture, it will, I'm sorry, another gospel, it will say that you, you can only know this from my father. So Jesus is like, you're right. You can only know this from my father. So Jesus is saying, Jesus is saying to Peter, you got that part right. And Peter was saying, you're the Messiah or you're the one that's come to rescue us. You're the one who's come to set up a kingdom here. You're delivering all of, of Israel and we're going to be a people. And, and Peter started really, in a sense, started thinking about that, that physical kingdom that he thought Jesus was going to set up and maybe even perhaps, perhaps, perhaps his role and what it would be. He goes on to say this, And Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. And then he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. So he's now telling the plan to his disciples. And then he spoke plainly about this. And listen to this. Peter took him aside, pulled him aside and said, hey, Jesus, hold on a second, hold on a second. So come here for a second. Pulls him on the side. And the Bible says that Peter rebuked Jesus. Can you imagine that? You know what Peter was doing? What Peter was really doing? He was starting to tell Jesus what the plan should be. I mean, come on. I mean, Jesus had just presented a plan, and Peter thought, no, 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 that's not how the Messiah thing works. You're coming and setting up a kingdom now, and I'm going to be like... I'm going to be your chief of staff or something. I don't know. But he had this earthly plan, so he pulls Jesus aside to tell him what the plan should be. And then Jesus responds, and we're probably familiar with this. He says this. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. He said, let me tell you something, Peter. And then he says, get behind me, he said. You do not have in mind, listen to this, the concerns of God, but merely human uh, concerns. Interesting. So isn't that really our struggle when we talk about what does it really mean to follow Jesus? Because I think a lot of us are really following merely human concerns or what we think it should be, which really could be based on our idea of how Jesus should operate in our life or how we want Jesus to handle things that we're dealing with and facing. Oh, Jesus, it'd be really great if you would do this, then, now, here. This would be perfect. This would be great. And really, that's not following Jesus at all. But I go to church every week. So? I mean, the devil believed, demons believe, and there's people all over America, all over the world that go to church every, every week, but they're not followers of Jesus because they're more interested in merely human concerns instead of the concerns of God. And really, you and I as followers, listen, again, we've lost the meaning of that word because of society and culture, but let's get it back to what God truly meant for us to be. Followers of Jesus means to be locked into the concerns of God and not merely the concerns of man, which may be what you want to do or not what you want to do. It does not matter. We're talking about following Jesus. Amen? And that should be our heart and our goal and what we should be about. And so as, he, as, he's, as he's having this dialogue uh, with them, he, he decides everybody needs to understand. So he goes on to say this. Then he called the crowd along to him. He's like, listen, everybody needs to understand this because obviously there's a particular mindset out there on what really following is and it's not what it should be. It's more based on human concern and not God concern. So he says, he gathered the crowd. Hey, listen, everybody, come over here. Come on, everybody, come on. I, wanna, I want you to understand what's happening here. You need to know this because we don't want just follow, we don't want to follow merely human concern. We want to follow God's concerns, God's plan and purpose. So he called the crowd over to him and begins to explain. 
He says, he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Follow, be a follower of mine, a disciple, someone who professes Jesus, you want to be a follower of mine. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. He says he called them over to explain what a follower is. And so to understand all this, really we need to understand it's not about what's in it for you. It's not, not really to be a follower. It's not about what's in it for you. And so at some point you need to realize that you've got to live your life for him. In fact, it says right there, it says you need to deny yourself, your plans, your ideas. And understand God's ways are higher than our ways and he will bless you and has more for you beyond what you could hope, plan, imagine, or dream. So he's saying, listen, it's not about you. It's about what God's concerns are and there is your way to the best life possible. And then he says, okay, then take up yourself. So you'd have to deny yourself, your human concerns, take up God's. And then it says this, and take up the cross. It said, take up the cross. And so when you talks about taking up the cross, what we understand here, when we think of the cross, and even in here we have a cross here and a cross in the back. It's a beautiful symbol, right? We always, this is a beautiful symbol of God's unconditional love. I love the cross. And so we'll adorn ourselves with crosses and jewelry and we'll go to James Avery and get all that stuff. And that's great and wonderful. Uh, we'll find places and we'll get crosses and we'll put them in our homes. And I love collecting crosses. I have crosses from different places around the world and beautiful ones and, and metal ones and ceramic ones and, and on a wall in my house. And I, and I love them. I love them all. I love that. But that's not what this is talking about. I mean, if you think about it, what he's saying, take up your cross, really, the cross of that day, you wouldn't adorn yourself with a necklace with a cross in it back in that day. You would be seen as someone that's demented, sick, and twisted because it was a symbol of torture, death, destruction. It, was, it, it had a meaning to it that this is serious, people, and you wouldn't walk around with a cross around your neck or, or put one on your wall. People would stay away from you. They're like, wow, that's, you're creepy. Right? It'd be like today, it'd be like us walking around with a necklace around, uh, or something around with like having a, an electric chair on it or something of execution. I mean, really? I mean, hey, there's the next charm for James Avery, right? There you go. This is going to be a number one seller for you. But understand, we've lost something over time. And really what he's speaking to, take up your cross, is like, this is serious. There's a commitment level we need to really understand here. And let's not get caught up in the surfacey thing and merely man's concerns. Let's make sure we've locked down God's concerns because probably, quite frankly, a lot of us are probably more following merely man's concerns than maybe God's concerns, and we would call ourselves followers, but not by definition of Jesus. And the good thing is we can understand that and discover that and then make a change, make an adjustment here, amen? And I'm thankful for that because, man, we want to be a follower of Jesus and it's interesting to me, um, as Jesus begins to uh, engage with them and get them to understand what this means, he, he says this, and, and you can bring up verse, uh, the next verse here. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Nothing. He's saying, listen, you're, this is important. Your life is going to end at some point in time, so make it count for something. What does it gain if you... Win everything else in pursuit of what you want. Life is not about you pursuing everything for yourself. He says, what does that really mean? Because at the end of the day, at some point in time, your life is over anyways. And what do you have to show for it? And basically, he's also alluding to the fact that the way we live our life here uh, sets us up for the life that is to come in heaven. Live your life with eternal purposes, 
Live your life for something greater than yourself, the things of God. He says, and then you'll have life as it was meant to live. You, you will have a fulfilled life. It's not from pursuing what you want, saving your life, doing what you want to do. He says, you'll lose it or it's not going to amount to anything anyways. But if you'll come and be a follower and lose your life for the sake of God's concerns, he says, then you'll be living real life here and the life that is to come. So that's a follower. So Jesus is trying to describe. He goes on to say, let me finish it out. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Again, he's just basically talking about the seriousness of being a follower and helping us understand. He's, he's telling us that this is an important decision following. And you might ask why I talk about this, and my response to you would be because we're a large church and growing. And we need to understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus to do what God's calling us to do as individuals and as a church. And chances are that when you look at our church, there's people on this journey of life on all different places in following Jesus. Some of you, you'll follow Jesus for the first time today with asking to be your Lord and Savior. We had several first service. That's the beginning point, making that commitment. Some of you have been walking with Jesus for a long, long time. But listen, we're all somewhere on that line or on that journey And what we need to do is understand first where we are in the following, and then we need to make a commitment to take the next step. And so I want to help you understand that this morning. I want to see it because I think it's important for us to start our year out with making sure that we understand uh, what it means to be a follower, identify then where we are on the journey, and then commit to take the next step as we get going into this new year so we can do all that God has for us. And so I want to encourage you this morning in this process that we're going to share in just a moment. And let's take a look at Luke 9.23 before we get there, because 9.23 is a restatement, really, of what we just read, but Luke offers one more word than Mark did, but it's a very important word, and he says this. Then he said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross. What's the next word? Daily. Daily. Take up your cross daily and follow me, Jesus saying here as uh, Luke is recounting it. And, but that word daily is so important because what it speaks to me is there's decisions we need to make all the time. We can't just get complacent. We just can't put it on cruise control. We need to be aware of what's going on in our life and the commitment that we have with the Lord and, and be, identify where we are and, and be committed to the next step in the process. And really, he's speaking to a process to this thing following Jesus. And really, here's the simple message today, January 31st, the first end of the first month Two-thirds two way through 21 days of prayer and fasting, setting ourselves up for 2016, that wherever you are on this journey, wherever you find yourself, take the next step. That's all. Just take the next step. And so let's take a look at this journey of these steps. Jesus makes his appeal first to the crowd. Remember, he calls the crowd. He says to the crowd, hey, come on, come in, everybody. And his message to the crowd is come and see. And it's like, come and see what this is all about. And that's what we do here. That's what we're doing this morning. We have, a, we have a message that we want people to come and see. Come and see who Jesus is. Come and experience him firsthand. Don't take my word for it. Come and enjoy the presence of God and let it change your life. Come and let him speak to you. Come and let him meet you here today, just as you are where you're at. And we're imploring the crowd to come and see. And that's what we all should be doing. We should be going out there every week and we should be telling our friends, our relationships, our coworkers, hey, come and see who this Jesus is. Come and see what he wants to do for your life. Come and see uh, what he's done already for you that you don't even realize so that you can walk in it. That's what we do. Check it out, services. And that's what we want your help 
in doing and inviting people. That's why we take care of your kids so we can minister to them so they can see, but so that you can have undisturbed, uninterrupted time so you can see who he is and what he's all about. That's why we provide praise and worship to help you get uh, your heart right and lay your cares upon the Lord so you can receive and eliminate distractions. That's why we give you a word from the word of God, God's word that will speak to your heart so you can come and see what this is all about. That's what Jesus did with his disciples. Remember when he called Peter? If you remember, he called him and he said, he, he brought his boat and preached and he said, hey, listen, go throw your net on the other side, filled his boat up with fish. And, Je- and, and then Peter's like, you are Jesus, you are the son of, God. I need, son of God. And then Jesus said, well, come, Jesus said, come and see. Basically saying, you ain't seen nothing yet, right? Come and see for yourself. And you'll have discussions with people and you know, don't get into arguments. Please don't get into arguments for our sake. You know what? Just say, you know what? Come and see. Let's call the crowd into this place, church. Let's call them in. Call, you know what? Next week, you know what? We've been carrying this stuff for years. Don't carry that stuff into another week. Come and see what Jesus can do with your baggage. Come and see what Jesus can do to help you let go of some stuff that you've carried around forever. So he calls the crowd, tells them to come and see. That's his message. And that's his message to us and to everyone. And then there's another level in this journey, another level that we use the word congregation. And the message is come and join us. So at some point in time, if you like what you see, be a part of it. Be a part of it. In fact, personally, I want to give you the invitation that if you've been checking us out for a while, you've been kicking the tires and you're okay with this place, then join us. Be a part of the family. Come be a part of the family. Get connected relationally. You know, yesterday we had a great time. We had almost 100 guys at the men's breakfast. Great place to build relationships. Be a part of a family. You saw ladies' luncheons coming up on a Saturday morning. Great place in a big church to feel a part of a family. Small groups, great place. Get that MyTLC thing going. You can find out a group. And guess what? Join the family. If you've been here and you're not part of the crowd anymore, you consider this home, be a part of the congregation, be a part of the family of God here at Tree of Life Church. Where are you on that journey? Are you still just part of the crowd? Let's start your year off by taking the next step to be a follower. And so identify where you're on the journey so you can take the next step. The next level is this, committed, committed. And the message there is come and grow. Come and grow. You've been part of the crowd. You've been checking it out. You feel it's for you. Then you come and join us. You become part of the family. And then now be part of the committed. Come and grow. It speaks to a disciple, a discipleship process. There are people that would say, I want more. And again, that's why we have small groups or life groups, rather. That's why we have uh, Married for Life. That's why we have Wisdom for Life. That's why we have different classes. That's why we have Wednesday night. So you can come and grow. That's the next part. If you've just come and join us, guess what? Then set some roots down and come and grow. A follower wants to grow in the things of God. Take that next step. Come and grow. Get in some Bible reading. Get a Bible reading plan. Get into some prayer Finish the 21 days out, then keep that prayer purpose in your heart and your life. Get on the growth track. You'll hear more about the growth track, how you can grow into who God's called you to be. And then there's another level, a fourth level, and we call this one the core. And the message there is come and serve. Come and serve. Now, you're just not part of the growing part, but yet we have a place that we can help you make a difference. That then, then if you're at that place and, and you've, you've been part of the crowd and then you feel this is the place for you and now you're part of the family, you've connected relationally, now you feel like there's a growing that you can do, you want more, and you're growing in the discipleship process, guess what you need to do next? The message would be on following Jesus, come and serve. 
There's things that happen in you that don't happen when you serve. There's things that happen only when you serve that don't happen any other way. We're talking about a a commitment level that says, I'm denying myself and I'm taking up the cross. I'm taking this commitment level that it's not about my convenience. I want to be a follower of Jesus. We call them the all-star team around here. There's plenty of places for you to serve. But where are you on the journey? If you're not serving, take that next step in the commitment of following Jesus. In fact, we say here, serve one, worship one. We have two services. People are serving right now so you can worship one. So we need to serve so somebody else can worship one. In fact, if you were to ask people on the all-star team, what's your favorite favorite service, the one you serve or the one you go and attend, they'll tell you it's the one I serve because something happens in you when you serve. As Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. If you find yourself on that journey, you've not taken that step, guess what? Start the year out as a follower of Jesus, making that commitment to be part of the core. Come and serve. Find your place. It might be a camera. It might be holding a baby. It might be helping people find a parking space. It's all significant. It's all important. Come be a part of that. Be on the all-star team. And the last level Jesus took was an ultimate level. It really is the goal for our lives. Wherever you are, this is the ultimate goal. And it's be a part of the commissioned. Be a part of the commission. And the message is to come and die. There's something greater than yourselves that we're here for. See, lose your life so you can find it. Because it's not about you. It's not about human concerns. It's about God concerns. It's about other people knowing and finding Jesus. It's about you coming, and that means literally to me, it means don't just come on Sundays and follow him. Follow him out there. It means that that you're, you're a follower of Jesus the other six days of the week. It means that you're a follower of Jesus in your home, not just in church on Sunday. You're a follower of Jesus in your workplace, despite what the environment is right around you. You're a follower of Jesus, and you share Jesus at the soccer games on Saturday morning or at the grocery store, at the park. It's, it's that's it's your life now. You've given your life up. Why? So you could really find it. It's a commitment level that says, I'm denying myself, and I'm taking up the cross. Come and be a part of the commission. That's the level, ultimately, that is our goal that Jesus calls us to. So I'm going to be a light on a hill. I'm going to give my life to this because it's not about this life. It's about the next. Wherever I go, I'm going to tell them about Jesus. I'm going to tell them about my God. I'm going to tell them about my church so they can come and see for themselves. Every opportunity is an opportunity to do what this life is all about, and that is to prepare for the life that is to come. Commission. My life is not about my life. It's about Jesus and giving my life to him. I wanted to encourage you this morning. Before we're going to move in just a moment into the encounter time. Now, let's be very clear because it is so important for our lives. And as a pastor, I want you to see it because I want you then to make the decisions that we need to be followers of Jesus, not just believers. And we need to understand what it really means to be a follower, to denying yourself and then making a commitment beyond your own convenience, taking up the cross. Not the beautiful, wonderful thing that you wear around your neck or hang on the wall, but the thing that Jesus gave his life to and experienced great torture and pain so that we could experience his life. I want to encourage you this morning. Be honest. Where are you on that journey, on that process? And be honest with yourself because we're actually talking about following Jesus, which is a direct, has a direct result of blessing in your life as we've already seen in the scripture. But identify it so that you can take the next step. And we all wish perhaps we'd be a little farther along in the process, but listen, we can start right now, right here. So with the encounter time that we're going to engage in just a few moments, 
I want to encourage you, take that time. Take that time to make a deeper commitment. But before we get there, the starting place is, do you know Jesus is Lord and Savior? Do you know him for who he really is? Oh, we're not just talking about a know of God. We're, we're talking about having him, a relationship, personal. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.